Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope... Only on 3CR, 855am digital and 3cr.org.au. I get the feeling that I'm losing 
3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company noting today's Australian Eastern Standard Time and next week we'll be on Daylight Savings Time. Remember to adjust your clocks and tune in around the world accordingly. Wherever you are around the world, 3CR broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people tuning in and any First Nations people around the world. And um, all the lands on this continent and surrounding islands were stolen and never ceded. I'm Sally. I use the pronouns she, her. Out of the Pan is a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender and genre and sexuality. And it's been an awesome week. Um, with the Stand By Us conference pretty much wrapping up today. Um, the B is in the rainbow, but also the T, and that's going to be my focus on the day, so I'll introduce my, my guest in a minute. Um, but if you want to get in touch with the show, there's lots of ways to do it. Out of the pan, 855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456 751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold Said So, and that's the bottom line. And look for the posts on Facebook on Sally Goldner AM and Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. And any opinions that I express on this show are my own and not those of any organisation with which I have been associated past or in the present. And I don't predict the future because I haven't got a DeLorean or something like that. Um, don't, I don't think there'd be any major content warnings on the show today. Um, but if you do need to talk to someone, the fabulous crew at QLife, including Switchboard in Victoria and Tasmania, are there on 1800 184 527. And, well, we opened up with the Dingoes um, and one of their classic tracks. That was from their first compilation in released about 1990, The Best of the Dingoes and Way Out West. And by Godfrey, anyone would think there was a theme to playing that track. Because um, the western suburbs, to some extent the north and the west, as we are seeing at the moment, often face greater disadvantage than, say, the south and eastern suburbs of what is now called Melbourne. And that can therefore filter down for various um, groups at the proverbial intersections, including trans and gender diverse. But the good news is um, there are efforts underway to increase the equity in relation to this. And to talk about it with me, I'm joined on the on the on the lines, so to speak, by Alison Parker from IPC Health. Alison, welcome to 3CR. Hi, Sally. Thanks for having me. Very excited to chat with you and have your listeners hear about everything. Yeah, it is very much something that is needed, and um, you know, um, perhaps start by um, just um, sort of a couple of things. I might just check in with which pronouns you use, if any, if that's okay. And then um, tell us a bit about IPC Health, first of all. Yeah, great. Thanks, Sally. And um, my pronouns are she and her. And um, as Sally has said, I I work for IPC Health. So we're a community health um, service out west of Melbourne. So we we see our clients and... um, yeah, provide all these services out west in Brimbank, Hobson's Bay and the Wyndham areas. Um, so we re- provide a range of allied health services, whether it's the physio, an occupational therapist, dietitian, but also counselling supports, mm-hmm. 
um, which are really important. We've got GP clinics, uh, nurses, a whole range of services to support um, our lovely folks um, from our community. Yep. So um, serving, you know, um, some broad geographical areas in terms of the local government areas um, which you mentioned, but there's, um, you know, sort of part of that community that has has faced disadvantage, and that's the trans and gender diverse community. And um, the thing, you know, the good news is that IPC Health is um, being proactive about that, and I, we really want to talk about that because it's, of course, of huge um, interest to listeners of this program. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, and it's a, a great interest to me personally. So I suppose mm. I might as well um, say from the outset that I'm a proud mum of a trans daughter who um, only came out to me two years ago, and I think to herself, to be quite frank also. I think um, she was discovering herself and trying to understand her identity and place in this world um and yeah so for me this is very close to my heart about you know making sure there's services there to support her on her journey um but also for all our transgender gender diverse and non-binary folks um you're right in out west you know we do have a large low socioeconomic um community we have a lot of refugee asylum seekers. Um, it's just a, a very diverse range of community members, but often um, many don't have the freedom of money or private health insurance or anything like that to access health care um, as readily as other people. So we're trying to we're trying to bridge that gap, really. It is a gap, and I mean, I do, I'm at risk of being intergenerational. I do remember many years ago when I first got involved in the community and I was on the committee of Seahorse Club of Victoria, and in those days, before internet and PDFs, we'd have a paper um, magazine slash newsletter that we'd send out, and we had to sort it into postal districts. And it was inevitable that there were more people in the southern and eastern suburbs than the north and west. And when I say inevitable, that was always the numbers. And it shouldn't be it shouldn't be inevitable. That's not the best word, but that was always the case. And it seemed that disadvantage had been there. And I suppose also the the history of this city post colonization, um, that you know, we didn't have the Westgate Bridge until the nineteen seventies, so people tended to stay south and east, and it was harder to get to the north and west. Um, so wow. there's been this inequity that's um, sort of grown up, um, you know, um, sort of both sides of the Yarra and Maribyrnong. And mm-hmm. so there has been that entrenched disadvantage. And, of course, we, I think listeners of this show are pretty in tune with the challenges faced by trans people as much as trans people have plenty of awesomeness to offer through no fault of our own. We face ah. negativity. And so when you put the two together, um, that you know imbalance or inequity, and then the trans stuff. Um, this is really huge. Um, you know, sort of what are any you know? So there's the general issues. What are the specific issues then? Let's drill down for trans people in, we'll say, the west and to some extent the north as well. Yeah. So what we found. So um, I might kind of preface by saying that. Um, there was an opportunity at IPC Health to, for staff to bring new ideas 
um, to the organisation. And I suppose because I was trying to find services for my um, my daughter, that's when I realised there was that gap. So even though I've worked in health for decades and I've known, I've cared for people that are uh, transgender or gender diverse, I really didn't understand or appreciate um, the the inaccessibility to healthcare until I was faced trying to find services for my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to your question, the specific issues mainly out west is that we lack any public health service specific, for their specific needs um, to address, you know, um, issues of um, not, well, they're not issues, they're, you know, factors of their health like transitioning that they need to find services for. We don't have anything out west that is publicly funded. Mm-hmm. Um, but also finding healthcare that is really safe and affirming. I think that's the other thing. And I remember talking to you a couple of months ago, Sally, um, you attended one of our workshops when you said it, the most important thing is that people have a choice that they may not want to go mainstream and that's fine, finding a dedicated like gender clinic, mm-hmm. um, but also having the choice of um, accessing mainstream services, but they need to be safe and affirming for them. Um, so that's where we've kind of come to this stage. Well, absolutely. I think that this has been, a, it's been a bit of an ongoing debate for some time for trans and perhaps previously for LGBTI that we, we need services that are inclusive everywhere on all sorts. And you mentioned a, a range of health um, sort of, well, fields at, um, at IPC. Um, and we need all of that. We need a GP and we need a counsellor. And we might need, um, you know, sort of all these the other things as well. And so, you know, there's very much that need. And we don't want to have to have our trans needs met by one GP on one side and the rest of the, you know, the we'll say the, the COVID vaccination and the flu jab on the other, go to another GP. Um, we want to have it all together so we can get that holistic picture and get it, as you say, respectfully. So it is really, really important. And the other thing is, of course, but I'll start with, say, the app, um, whilst I want to come back to talking about the um, what you've so beautifully disclosed about your trans daughter, um, you know, the adults clinic, the Monash clinic over in Clayton is a long way away for those, say, if you're in, I don't know, Werribee or Little River or something. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, even the children's, which is a bit closer and you don't quite have to cross town, I suppose, you know, we still need that as well. Um, need yeah. that to have that everywhere. And the children's, to my understanding, will gladly work with any GP to educate them on how to administer puberty blockers and all that sort of thing, which I think will, you know, ease that, decentralise that load. So definitely a need. And, you know, it is about that that choice. And, yeah, yeah. we um, do want to conclude. I should disclose, actually, yes, I did do some paid consulting work with you in my day job, if I can call it that. Um, yeah. And your, But the thing is you consulted with a wide range of trans and gender diverse people um, experts and locals. Um, tell us perhaps a bit about that because that's really important that you had that um, lo- proverbial local knowledge as well. Yeah, look, it was vital actually. So what we did um, when um, IPC Health, um, when I kind of pitched the idea to them, they generously funded us um, to um, 
do an innovation challenge, that's what we called it, um, which is a co-design collaboration to um, work out actually, like we came from the premise of um, that we don't, we don't know enough, we need to understand the community and what the needs are and how do we work with community to actually get things in place for them. So for us, we weren't going to be able to do that just with our staff, like in-house. It was vital for us to have community members with lived experience working with us. So we're not working for them. They're working with us to create this. Um, and, look, the wealth of information from their lived experience really put us miles of ahead of where we would have ever been able to achieve in that short space of time. We really valued the insight they gave us. There's a lot of things that came that became evident that I don't think we would have, in the reality is I don't think we would have realised the effect or the extent of issues without mm. them. Um, so we're still working with our community members and we'll continue to and um, local organisations um, because that's the only way to achieve this, um, to do it right the first time round. Um, and we're very mindful that the community desperately want a service out west. Um, you know how you were talking about um, going to, like, the Monash or out north? Um, even those are restrictive, not just from distance, but the accessibility if you're a young person and has to travel on, like, two or three trains mm. to get there. Just the safety issues, you know, their appointment might be at three o'clock by the time they get home, you know, especially in winter, it's getting dusk or a bit dark, then they're travelling on their own. Um, and the, the reality is, unfortunately, there are safety issues. So all of those are considerations for us when we're planning to open a transgender, gender diverse clinic um, to meet the needs out west. And also for our folks heading Geelong way too. So we're not even restricting just our cohort. We're just wanting to serve out west and, and then go kind of regional with that if there's anyone that needs our help. Well, go way out west as per the opening song by the Dingoes. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, which is which is needed, and of course, um, you know the you've got a wonderful supporter in um, the upper house of the um, Victorian Parliament in the um, for the wet, you know the Western Regional District, the awesome Andy Medic, um, proud parent of two um, trans children. So I think you'll have every support in um, you know sort of promoting the services there. I think, uh, and that's going to be an, an awesome bonus as well. And Andy's just such. You know, I just personally, I think he's just one of the great humans um, mm. for sure. So that will help. So I wanted to just really um, drill into that. And you've touched on, you know, the travel issues, the, the length, mm. the late at night. But were there any other aha moments in both, we'll say, the nature of the issues, any others, but also mm. you touched on the extent. And I'd just like to really, you know, see if there's anything more there that um, really, you know, as I say, was a light bulb sort of moment, aha moments when you were doing the consultations. Yeah, um, for me, so my background is what's as an emergency nurse and a paramedic uh -huh. years before I um, took those hats off and came to IPC Health. So I work in intake where I assess uh, um, with a team of, there's six of us, they assess all the referrals that come in 
and prioritise those referrals needs. Um, for me, with my background in nursing, we had um, quite a few people telling us that they didn't even feel safe seeing their regular GP or either for themselves or for their children mm-hmm. um, just because of past experiences where, you know, they're not using their name, so they're dead naming them or uh-huh. just not really understanding transgender or even making it an issue when they might be just coming for the common cold. But the, the medical person is focusing on their their gender identity, whereas if I went in for the same issue, wouldn't even come up as a question or an issue. Um, so there was some people telling us um, that they would avoid seeking medical treatment or support until things got so dire they would end up in an emergency department. And their rationale was that they would rather do that because it's anonymous that I'll, they'll only stay there for a few hours, they'll be gone, they don't need to see those either nursing, medical, you know, mm. or doctors again. Um, and for me, that was just the was just the, the greatest tragedy because as much as, like, I completely understood where they're coming from, I, for me it was mm. just this is not good health outcomes. Um, you know, if you're going in with a full-blown, for example, urine infection. You know, on the surface, it's a, a usually quite treatable issue. Most people get it from, you know, once in their life. Um, you usually go to your GP, get, you know, assessed and treated. But if you leave it to the stage where it becomes so unwell, you end up in an emergency department, you run the risk of really hurting yourself, creating more medical problems. And then you might get the same result as in getting the medication for it, but who's doing your follow-up care, Sally? Like who's making sure that that infection's been resolved? Who's making sure that, you know, that there's an education opportunity if you're having repeated infections, say, say, having some educations on how to minimise that risk or have further investigations to see, you know, what the cause is. That's not going to get done in an emergency department. That's your GP. And if you don't have a good working relationship with a GP because you feel unsafe, um, that's, that's a magic, like, major tragedy for me. Like, and I just really feel for that, you know, for those people that feel that they can't access what most people think from day to day is a non-issue to see the GP. But for them, it creates a great level of anxiety and stress. Oh, look, absolutely. No one wants to be a, I call it an unwanted learning curve, which you've sort of touched on. You, If you go to the GP for the sprained ankle, you want to talk about sprained ankles and go, do I put heat on or ice on? Do I put my leg up? And what do I do? How do I start exercising again? You don't want to say, so I first remember when I was trans when I was in, because that's not what yeah. you're there for. It's also just, um, in a way, it's a matter of good old fashioned, good customer service, um, could be yeah. another angle to it. And as you say, the just a little bit of um, investment in the right approach where you've got records that um, record a person's name in use and pronouns and that sort mm. of thing, pretty basic stuff, um, it means they get in the door um, for a start and then you know, the mm. GP knows to focus on um, you know what the, the client needs. So very, very yeah. much needed. 
And it sounds to me, and as you said earlier, we really wanted to talk about this. You know, you had these issues when your child um, disclosed mm. their authentic gender identity to you as well. Um, yeah. If you're up for it, um, you know, totally okay if you're not, but I do want to check on that all the same. But if you want to talk a little about that experience from your own point of view, please do. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, because for me, um, so the background for my daughter, um, there's been years of mental health issues. Um, but I remember, you know, taking her regularly to her mental health clinicians and even speaking to them and going, you know, they were even saying to me, there is something that we're not getting to the heart of. Like there is something stopping all of the therapy, like that we're not really getting to it. Um, and I remember, I think I was just a bit naive, Sally. Apparently she dropped a couple of hints to me, but I was so oblivious. I think she was just testing the waters with, you know, hey, what if a friend of mine was such and such or or doing this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine, yeah. So after a while, um, she came out to me. I think I picked her up after school. We were in the car and she just blurted it out. And, um, and then we got home. And for me, honest and like just honestly, it was just a relief for me, Sally, because mm. I was and for and I, I remember saying to her, "Is this, is this the biggest angst that you've been having?" And she's like, "Yes." And I went, "Oh, I felt terrible that she, she felt she didn't know how to kind of navigate that situation uh, discussion with me." Um, well, I was worried about that. The reality is she didn't need, she wasn't even aware. She just knew that something was different and she didn't know, like she was trying to get her head around everything. Um, so for me, it was a massive relief and it's certainly a non-issue. Um, for me, it just makes a lot of sense. And I was like, right, well, let's get, let's try and work out what it means for you firstly. And what help do you want from me with it? Um, I remember I mentioned it to a few people. She came out to her sisters. So they're all close in age. So, um, mm-hmm. so my 20-year-old is um, um, trans. And then we've got an 18 and 17-year-old. And I remember we were sitting at the kitchen table then just having, um, it was Christmas Day. So we were just sitting around having some things to eat and, she just kind of looked at me and she goes, right, I'm doing it. And I'm like, okay, go for it. <laughs> and the other two were like, okay, yeah, what's going on? You know, like 17, 18-year-old. <laughs> and she told them and they're like, oh, yeah, we kind of figured as much, something like that. And she was like, really? And then all of a sudden the floodgates opened, Sally. Yeah. And it was like um, then we were talking about sexuality and where everyone is on this and now I've discovered my whole family's a rainbow family and and they were asking me and I'm like okay so in the space of 30 seconds I was like we went through gender sexual identity where everyone was with things and I'm like okay okay and it was just look it was so for us it was a funny experience because it was just like you know this kind of laid out on the table yep okay everyone knows where everyone is yep good let's have let's continue with our lunch and yeah just having a chat casual about it but um yeah it was just 
um, I think everyone just took it in their stride in this house. And I think it, I don't know if it's because I um, always like sexuality and just who you are has always been an open kind of book mm-hmm. yeah, for a discussion. Um, so they've always asked the weird and wonderful questions, including things on sex and that when they, when they were growing up, like prepubescent and all of that. So I've always tried to stay open and hopefully that's kind of fostered that open relationship to be able to feel safe and say what they needed to say and really non-issue. Now it's about who's getting this top and if it doesn't fit that person, who who's claiming it and this handbag and, you know, yeah, so it's quite it's quite cute to see when I'm seeing them interact that way now. Look, that that is just awesome. And I mean, <clears throat> you know, if it if things like gender, sexual slash romantic orientation need to be discussed, that's how we want to discuss them. Some people would say, should we have to? Um, you know, and of course, heterosexual and cisgender people may oh. not have to, but if they have to be discussed, um, then that's the way to do it. And I think there's a few points that went through my mind as I as I took in what you said. I think that you know there's a few aspects you said you know you're a former emergency nurse and paramedic, and that's compassion and empathy that's needed and you know caring in those professions. You are also a parent you know which uh, yeah. comes into it as well and I wanted to link that in one of our we only have awesome listeners on three c r not regular listeners um Melina has messaged in saying that I know younger GPs are better educated and are exceptional with their services in 2021, which I would agree with. And I have to say in my work, mm-hmm. I've been doing a fair bit of um, work with um, medical student organisations in the last few weeks. It seems to be that mm-hmm. time. Um, mm-hmm. Mel goes on to say, let's celebrate our decent health professionals who are the most empathic people in our society. There are niche driving services, um, niche driving services like Sheba that are inclusive and queer friendly that may um, that a trans friend of uh, Melina's uses, and that's a fair thought. I mean, you know, if we have to go over to the eastern suburbs, maybe there's a chance for a partnership there. Um, Mel, you've given us an idea there. Thanks for that. And I will, I just will have to um, comment on Mel's other message, which is an apropos of nothing, but um, I will just say Mel has also come in and said, Go Dees, I'm a proud member of the club that has Grace Tame as a fan and a female president that promotes equality in sport. Enjoying the show. Um, hope the Demons supporters haven't got too big a hangover this morning um, after the drought breaker. Um, well done to, to them. But it is, look, it is really awesome. And I think that, you know, things are shifting there. And, you know, the thing is, as you say, now it's about, you know, who someone buys a top that's too small, or who can we, who wants it instead? And you give me one that's too big for you or something like that, or a handbag, which is just how you'd hope um, people would be, um, regardless of how they were assigned at birth and what their gender identity ends up, um, you know. And that, that includes cis males who want to, who want tops and handbags. We, we don't care on this show. Um, so I just think that's really, really awesome. And, um, you know, it does seem like after that initial, you know, obvious anxiety for your trans daughter, things ha- are sort of moving along in the right direction, which is really cool. Yeah, and look, and, and I wonder if part of her anxiety was kind of solidifying it in her mind by by saying it to someone then it kind of solidifies that doesn't it because then you're it's not thoughts only to yourself you're saying it to someone else so it becomes really quite real um but look the proof is in the pudding so to speak Sally she has been in the best mental health she's been in for years so um, excellent you know and 
that's all as a mum I could ever ask for. That's all we ever want for our kids, that we don't want them to struggle unnecessarily or go through hardship or mental angst. Um, if there is, we get the support they need. Um, mm-hmm. But if there are things that can completely put their mind at ease, and I'm not dismissing mental health um, at all, um, as all my three kids have mental health issues, so we just get the support they need. Um, for me, it's no different than if you had a physical illness, if you know, if you had diabetes or asthma, you'd go and get medical support. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't you for mental health? So um, yeah, so it, look, it's been quite the journey, um, and I think for me, it was just um, seeing that there's an opportunity to help others. Um, out west um i grew up like i was you know born and raised out west um worked out west throughout all my career so um, i'm very passionate about the community out west um and i think there's just yeah great need so you know now i've got um i've got a bit of knowledge and uh, um i sure don't um profess that i'm an expert Um, But what I do have is passion about improved health outcomes um, and I know how the health system works. So I kind of just went, you know, if there's anyone in a position to be able to kind of raise this to an organisation, I think that's me and there's a golden opportunity. And hats hats off to our organisation. They have been incredibly supportive. Um, Yeah, just not only listening to the vision but really um, putting in, and I'm not even talking about monetary funding, but just fully backing this mm. like on the exec- executives down. It's just been completely supportive. So, yeah. Oh, look, just in, it is incredibly, it is awesome to hear. We do need to get these things done and get that equity in there, which is incredibly um, welcome and, of course, so often, you know, you need, it is about that sort of top-down support of something mm. and, um, you know, the values being enforced through behaviours is something that I think is so important and it just and it really obviously is happening at IPC, which is, you know, just so great for all the trans and gender diverse people in the northwest and sort of well further out west. But yeah. also, you know, it must be, it must, it must make you feel really good um, well, I'll say personally and professionally, you know, um, to go to work each day and do something like that um, is pretty cool. Is pretty good. <laughs> oh, absolutely, and um, kind of, you know, I'm quite lucky in the sense that I've still got a real passion and fire in my belly for health and helping people, and like I love it. I love knowing that there's an improved situation or health outcome, and we don't mean health, um, most practitioners would know, it's just not physical health. You know, mental health and social connectedness is so vital for your physical um, well-being too. So it does, it warms my heart. I've had so many people since I've kind of, I felt like I had to come out selling at my mm. organisation when I pitched the idea because it was, um, it was um, the method we did it, it was a shark tank panel. Have you, if you've seen Shark Tank where people pitch an idea to all of these leaders in other organisations? Um, I haven't seen that, no. 
so it was, yeah, so there was kind of leaders from like the Murdoch Institute, um, Movember, the Youth Council. Um, so we, you know, there was a, quite a few of us that had ideas and you had to pitch your vision and your idea of, um, of an innovation challenge. So um, when I did that, I was like, yeah, I can do that. And then I was like, um, every, all our employees were able to stream in to see it um, and watch it. And I was like, oh, wow. I, I just realised that I'm almost outing myself as a parent of a trans mm. daughter. And while I'm incredibly proud, I was very mindful of what I was doing too um, and possible reactions. But overall, it's been incredibly positive. And we've had lo- I've had lots of people come up to me, even, you know, through other kind of networking, you know, giving telling me their own personal experience. So I usually say to people now, if you think you haven't met a trans or gender diverse non-binary person, you actually have. You just It's just not been visible to you. Um, and it doesn't need to be. Mm. But that's how, that's how much in the community our folks are. Um, and it shouldn't even be a non-issue. So, but, yeah, I I'm incredibly heartened by what I'm doing. It's definitely a passion area for me. So, excellent, Alison. I think I think that's probably a great note to finish on. Unless you had anything else, um, you know that there is all this happening, which is just so so good. Um, you know, to to get it rolling for the West and and beyond, um, and that it's great for you and your family and to hear that things are moving in the right direction is incredibly wonderful so I'll check in are there just any last thoughts that um, you would like to add and um, perhaps also ask um, if people want to get in touch with you particularly if they are in the west um, what's the best ways to do that yeah um, well the other take home for me during Mm. this experience over the last few months has been the incredible compassion and willingness for people like yourself, Sally, and other leaders and community members who have completely embraced me, um, you know, as a cisgendered person um, who is now probably questioning her own sexuality too from (laughs) my daughter. So that's a work in progress at the moment. Um, But just incredibly generous with your time, your knowledge and willingness to support um, myself and the organisation and the incredible team we've got. Um, So thank you. Um, There's many people that are championing us to do this. Um, So I know I stand on shoulders of giants, you know, that you, you and the others have paved the way for this work to actually be done and that I feel safe doing it too. So thank you. Um, I suppose people can reach me on either LinkedIn, send an invite. Um, I'm not sure if um, if you want me to, um, you can call IPC Help um, on the main number and get the yep. um, client service staff to shoot me an email and I'll touch base with you. But, yeah, thank you so much for your time, um, for having me, Sally, and sharing um, what we're doing. No, uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Well, um, on all counts, um, just a pleasure to be involved. If it saves us reinventing a wheel, of course, then that's, and we make a better wheel, that's a good thing. We've got all this knowledge and that's um, good to share it. 
Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I pop a link to the IPC Health contact page in the link to the podcast, um, which will um, help get people to you. And just an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. It's good to have um, stories like these um, where people, you know, it is sort of um, going in the right direction. It can sometimes have its moments and be tough, but, um, you know, for young people and families, also a couple of mentions that come out of that. Um, there are lots of groups for families in Victoria, trans family, declaring my interest in that, um, mm-hmm. you know, sort of transcend um, who mm-hmm. um, do great work. Parents of gender diverse children um, is a really doing great stuff. And, and for those who might be questioning whether they're only attracted to one gender, it's a nice time to mention that the by discussion group is on Tuesday night. We've had a late question come in um, from Mel um, Allison, um, who asks, um, what do you do for your own self-care as a carer slash mother? Which I think is a good question to answer. Good, good question. Um, I just simple things like gardening, um, spending time with my cats. I love my cats. Yes, I love my two cats. Um, and just having good friends. Um, but thank you for asking because you're right. There's a lot of people caring for others that kind of you forget who's caring for the carer. But, yeah, I, I probably have a good sense of humour most days and my kids keep me inspired. Um, so I'm very lucky. They keep my brain ticking, as I mentioned to you, Sally. Um, they always ask me some doozy questions <laughs> <laughs> late at night when my brain's turned off. So, um, I love being a mum, even though it has challenges, I wouldn't give it up for the world. So, Yeah, well, lots of things do have challenges, but um, there's also lots of good bits to them as well. And we can only you know, just you know, keep on going and growing, I suppose. Alison, thanks so much for your time. Just um, hang on a second and we'll go to some music. Um, and um, yeah, very awesome. Thanks to Alison Parker. Proud mum of three children, including one trans from IPC Health, uh, 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. You're on Out of the Pan with Sally.
western stars light up the sky Tonight I'm alone to cry Tonight Sunday here at 3CR from 6 to 7 p.m. Join me, Holly, for your one hour of 1960s tracks and inspired sounds. Possum Portraits is a non-profit bereavement care service supporting parents who have lost a baby to miscarriage, stillbirth and neonatal death. We provide families with hand-drawn, commemorative keepsake portraits of their baby free of charge. In support of our mission, we are hosting a community fundraising raffle. The prize draw will be held on November 6th. Prizes include a $300 Gorman online shop voucher, hampers, term memberships for kids' music and activity classes, and much more. To buy your raffle tickets, head to possumportraits.com.au forward slash events and win some great prizes while supporting an important cause. Possum Portraits is a 3CR supporter. to stand by us. Following the success of our free inaugural event last year, Bikeplus Collective Australia proudly presents the second Stand By Us Forum to celebrate Bikeplus Visibility Day. All events are free and all bar one happen online. Starting with the opening First Nations keynote on the morning of Thursday 23rd September, Celebrate Bisexuality Day, there will be fun events like a Bikeplus Games Meetup, artsy buy events including the biconic performances and panel discussions on themes such as queering relationships for those who are bi and polyamorous. To check out the program, including the safe space guidelines, visit our webpage standbyus.com. That's S-T-A-N-D-B-I-U-S dot com. 
It's time to stand by us. A 3CR supporter. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three cr.org.au and three CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally first broadcasting noon through one at this show, Australian Eastern Standard Time. And a reminder next week um, we're on to daylight savings time, so adjust your schedules um, accordingly and your clocks um, um, to pick if you are listening from overseas, you'll um, have to remember that as well. Um, you'll have to just um, sort of check in if you have one of these wonderful, wonderful high-tech gadgets that has a smartphone that has all the time zones on. It'll just automatically do it. I don't know. In the old days, you had to wind up the clock. We've had some wonderful uh, messages from our awesome listeners. Um, Xavier's come in um, um, on the SMS line, which is um, 61456751215. Oh, my goodness, Sally, what amazing knowledge and attention to detail your lovely guest has. What a caring lady. Absolutely. Um, it's you know we just had that sort of compassion and we'd have it as I always like to say Xavier we'd have it all fixed by five o'clock um, next Friday and over on the email at out of the pan eight five five at gmail dot com uh, um, Mel has come in again um, you know sort of wow she's going on her own journey as well I agree with that Mel um, it does seem that sometimes when someone close to you um, can you know sort of be their authentic self in terms of gender and or sexual slash romantic orientation. It does sort of tend to get people around them who are open-minded thinking, and I have seen that happen quite a lot. Um, and yes, if you are you know, sort of questioning that, oh, I thought I was heterosexual and maybe I'm bi, or even if you thought you were gay or lesbian or thought you were bi, or if you're just thinking I'm bi, there is that place um, on Tuesday night. The standing um, fourth Tuesday of the month is the um, Buy Plus uh, Melbourne Buy Plus discussion group, and it rounds out what has been a very awesome few days. Um, I'm having a bit of a slight um, Sunday coming down, as that song goes. Um, um, after three days of Stand By Us, which you just heard the message for, what an absolute, um, you know, an absolute gem. I just I met, said last year that I felt the strongest I'd ever felt in my for me my bias slash pan identity. Now it's sort of going to um, to the biosphere um, of stratospheric heights or something, some pun like that. Um, and it's just been absolutely um, phenomenal um, and enjoyable and just, um, you know, I've just felt so good and so comfortable and so safe um, and, um, you know, just felt like I'm... I finally, you know, really feel very strong in that part of me that has often not had um, the love and support that it deserves. Uh, Mel's come back in again. It's great to hear from mothers like her as they have the lived experiences of raising queer children. Some younger activists are great in the role but lack that multitasking which she has, which is one of the greatest jobs in the world, an engaged and passionate parent. Yep, multitasking. Um, um and Mel's asked um, a very good question. Are all the buy events for this forum available online for those who missed it yesterday? Well, not quite all. Um, there's sort of more discussion groups about pets and books and things we didn't record. But the events, um, some of the, the panel events are on the Stand By Us YouTube channel. And I'm just seeing if we have got any from this year up yet. This is a live radio, people of all genders. Um, we certainly um, put up some from last year. 
Um, but let's have a look. Um, yes, um, all the promo videos <laughs> from this year are up, and um, also an interview with um, you know Anna on Joy Drive. So um, there's a few from last year, but keep your eye on the Stand by Us YouTube channel. Pop that into your um, you know your um, um, you know, search engine, and it will come up and the wonderful James will be is madly captioning and editing and will um, get things up in the next few days. Um, coming up is Freedom of Species and um, their um, guest today will be YouTuber and podcaster Mexi about positive animal news with a focus on celebrating victories already won for animals as well as imagining what future victories can be achieved. Um, so, yep, um, thank, thanks to Nick and the crew for Freedom of Species and... Um, um, you know, Nick um, has, um, when he messaged me about that, um, you know, he's, I don't know how Nick identifies in terms of sexuality, and it doesn't matter, but he said, I felt there's been a big increase in awareness around discussion on biases over the last few years, which is great to see. I'd agree with that, Nick. After years of feeling and being raised, or and or feeling, being and or feeling, because there's no binaries, um, or very few, um, you know, I, 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 do, I agree with that. It just, um, does finally seem like it's, um, ticking along and that the B is on the map and there was some very huge discussions on one of the social events last night about how we can go even further. So watch this space. Um, so the space that, um, I'd better make is for freedom of species, um, coming up at, um, one o'clock. Um, thanks once again to Alison Parker from IPC Health for Gooesting. Next week on the show um, is Anna Kochetkova, who, who's a bi person, and we'll be talking about um, you know sort of um, some interviews she wants to do. So I'll be interviewing the interviewer or something like that. Um, so we'll keep the bees buzzing in um, and the pans are cooking because we do that on Out of the Pan. Um, thanks um, as usual to um, Mel and Xavier for all your contributions to the show. It's great that you and everyone. Are listening and remember you um if for anyone else out there it's okay to be a first time caller long time listener um you know sort of um you've you've got to um make make contact um as they say um um and um you know sort of um you know please um you know sort of seriously um the show is here for you and there's quite a few um guests coming through in the next few weeks um it's it's a packed program Anyway, better get out of here. Make way for Freedom of Species. We're keeping on the Western theme, not country and Western. Songs with West in the title today didn't get to play. The Village People Go West or um, Stars, West is the Way. I'm going to take it out with Dragon from their 80s period and their version, Western Girls. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.